What's happening guys, Will Freeman, how to fight fear on the final episode, the final video, the final audio in this series. This one is on the fear of death and how to control the fear of death. And this is a very, very important video. That's why I wanted to save this one to the last. Now, if you haven't watched uh, part one through six, I highly suggest that you watch those videos because it gives you the overarching strategy behind it as well as the other tactics that I outline, stuff like uh, state control and mind control that do have a major effect on all of your fears, including your fear of death. Meaning if you know how to reframe your thoughts better and you are in a better physical state every day, then you will have less um, negative intrusive thoughts about stuff like death. Now, the reason I wanted to save a death for the last video is because one, it's uh, kind of a morbid topic. Um, it's something that a lot of people don't like talking about. Uh, and this is because it is the granddaddy of all fears. It is, in my opinion, where all the other fears come from is the fear of death and the fear of non-existing. Okay, the fear of death is so strong in some people that a guy will plead for um, years for a lifetime in jail or a lifetime in solitary confinement instead of the death penalty, knowing that his life is gonna be horrible and he's never gonna see the outside world, he will take that over death because he is afraid to die, even though he knows his life is gonna be completely miserable. The same with um, you know, someone with terminal cancer who you know, will hold on to the very end because they are um, afraid to go. And I'm not trying to knock anybody. This is a human fear, it's a fear that we all have, and it is a deep-rooted fear um, with millions of years of evolution behind it. And it is a tough thing because um, we are players in the game of life. If you know me, you know that is my frame. We pursue the pursuit of happiness. But even the game of life has to come to an end. So as a player, what, what do you do? How do you deal with that card um, for the inevitable situation of death? And it is something that is very important to answer and to know for yourself if you want to live a low fear lifestyle because otherwise that fear is always kind of like subconsciously there if you if you if, if it is a fear for you or maybe it's a subconscious fear for you you'll like get up and you'll start to move with everything like nagging head and you know and that's a conscious level like well it's all gonna end you know it's not gonna last for you know you're gonna at the end you still die right there's that that little subtle voice that'll just like chop you down you know um because it's there and you know, as you become more aware, I've become aware of it. I become aware that that is, um, or that was part of my narrative to some degree. But it is something that, like all other fears, you can control. Um, you do not have to let the fear of something that you know very maybe very will happen forty years from now affect your current happiness. You don't have to let it affect your happiness at all. That's the strange thing. You can know that you're going to die, but you don't actually have to let it make you unhappy. You, you can just be like, okay, I understand that. I understand the fear. Um, I understand that's going to happen, but it does not have to affect my reality right now. So I want to give you the two uh, major ways to do that outside of the other tactics in the videos that I outlined that I recommend you checking out. Okay. So number one is using death as a motivator. So that the idea of death comes up and it's like a negative thought and maybe Maybe it's a situation where someone you know has just passed away and it has you reflecting on your own mortality. This can be a good area to use death as a more as a motivator, okay? Uh, Chris from Good Looking Loser used to have a, a countdown clock on his site. Like this is how many hours 
you have left in your lifespan. Uh, are you taking action? And I think that's a great, I thought that was a great uh, frame and a great metaphor. Putting like a countdown clock on your life as a motivator. It's like, you know, a lot of us act and we live like we're gonna live forever. And I'm guilty of it too. Um, you know, like this body's gonna stay the same forever and, and all these things we have are gonna stay the same forever. And, but the truth is this could be our last day. It could be, you know, this could be our last year. Um, and it's like I, I talked about in part one about the strategy about not living all the way in the future, okay? You wanna live at least 50% today. You wanna live at least 50% in the present and then 50% within the next 10 years, okay? But you're not living like 50 years out. You're not living for like, you know, I'm just gonna grind hard until I'm 65 and don't rock the boat until then. You have to live today a little bit. You have to do something fucking enjoyable today. You have to have like, I mean, today is the only day that exists. It's the only moment that exists. You have to live like 50% today and using the fear of death as a motivator is an awesome way to do that. You'd be like, you know what? I'm afraid to talk to that girl, but I'm gonna be dead soon. I don't, I don't give a fuck. That's a tiny thing that's gonna be forgotten soon. And you know, who gives a fuck? Why not, right? Put that countdown clock on, right? I don't give a fuck, I'll go talk to that girl, whatever. You know, the last thing you wanna do is be sitting on your deathbed um, wishing for what was or wishing you did something a different way, okay? Now, that doesn't really apply to like a girl, like I wish I'd talked to that girl in the mall that day, but it does apply to stuff like, man, I wish I traveled, I wish I started a business, I wish I, um, you know, made up with my parents or got a good relationship with my parents before they passed or like one of those big things where you're just like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. I don't care. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm going to die. Fuck it. I'm doing it. And I've had a few of those situations, right? Like I've used that before. I'm just like, I don't care. I'm going to die. Fuck it. It's not that important anyways, right? It's not that important. It really does a good job at like framing it. The little problem that you have is like insignificant right? It's insignificant in the scope of things. It's like, you're not going to be here for the air forever. You might as well fucking take a shot at it. The worst that happens is that you fail. Okay. So that's how to use uh, death as like a positive motivator for your current life um, and your current situation. However, the second thing that I want to break to you is like a frame um, on how to use your creativity to frame death as a positive or to become death positive. And this is massive. This is a massive thing. It is maybe one of the biggest or the most important like frames in um, living a low fear lifestyle, which leads you to live a happier life, is getting death to the point where uh, use your creativity to reframe it in a positive way, okay? Now, that might sound like a bit of a stretch, but hear me out, because there's three different options that I'm gonna lay out, okay? If you are a traditionally re religious person, like you're a traditional Christian person, and you believe that when you die, you go to heaven, if you do good things, and hopefully you are doing good things, then that's a great belief system to have, okay? That is a great belief system. You can actually look forward to it. You can be like, well, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna be here forever. I'm suffering a little bit right now, but eventually I get to go to that nice place, all right? Now, like I, I keep telling you guys, I don't believe in an objective reality. I believe in a subjective reality. You, every, every person watching this video has a different, different um, version of reality. And I talk about making your beliefs serve you, okay? So you might not believe what the Christian guy believes, but from my perspective, his belief is serving him because it makes him happier and it has a, a death positive um, attitude, okay? 
So that's very important. If you have that belief, that's awesome. You don't have to change it. If you are like me and you are um, inspired by non-dualist thought and you believe in the, that all religions are saying the same thing, um, just with different words and that what they're saying is that we live, we come from the stateless state outside of the mind, the mind or Maya or Mara or the matrix um, impairs that stateless state. And, but that stateless state can be realized um, if you become enlightened as someone like Buddha did or Ramana Maharshi or these different people that I like to read. Or you can have that uh, Maha Nirvana after you die when you don't incarnate again and you stay in that pure stateless state or that pure mind, whatever you want to call it. Um, some people call it heaven. I consider that it's just outside of the world. It has no particular state to it. It is not time-based. And the closest thing that I've heard to describe it is what's called Sat Chidananda, which is um, bliss consciousness awareness, okay? That's where I want to try to get to within his life. And it's one of where I want to stay after I die. And uh, that to me is my home. I look at this world as a matrix. It is not like a metaphor. I look at it that way. I look at it that that is, in some ways it's my dream world, but it feels very real, okay? I don't want to diminish from it, but it feels very real. However, I still am focusing on, you know, keeping part of my mind uh, moving towards that state. And I know that, um, I believe that when I die, that that's where I go. And to me, that's going home and I'm ready to go home. And I believe that, and I, I do believe in God in, in that God is the sort of bridge to that stateless state or your guru or whoever it is. That is, and I pray to God for things in this world and also for a closer bridge to that stateless state and, and to that, some people call it communion with God, but it's, it's that outside of the world. And I know that I believe that when I die, that's where I'm going and, that's, and I'm going home there. So when I started to believe like that, um, death became something that was, I'm still afraid in some ways, but I'm also looking forward to it. Okay. And the fear of it, you know, when I was younger and I didn't have a belief system, the fear of it was much stronger. You know, I couldn't even fly on a plane and now I was in Laos the other month and I fell asleep on, on takeoff because I'm like, if we crash, I'm just, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go today. All right. And now, like, I'm not saying I wouldn't be afraid, but I'm saying like, I've made a lot of peace with that. Okay. I've made a lot of peace with it. And it is something that I think of quite regularly, not in a particularly negative way, just like that's something that is going to happen. I want to be prepared for that. I want to make peace with that as much as I can so that it can be as pleasant as possible when it happens. And, um, you know, I want to accumulate good, good karma. Okay. Because the other, the other theory behind that is if you don't stay in that stateless state, then you incarnate again. Um, and that's perhaps based on your karma. I'm not sure if I fully believe in that, but I definitely allow for the possibility that you do incarnate again, uh, because you've already incarnated once. And, um, the fact that your karma could affect that because to me, the world exists within my consciousness and it, and your world exists within your consciousness. So the fact that we have this feeling about karma and we've been taught about it means that, um, you know, this is very possible. But again, I'm not 100% sure about that. It's just something I'm going to have to wait and see. But it definitely doesn't hurt to do good things uh, because it makes you happier anyways. Now, that's belief number two. 
The third one is for the atheist or agnostic guy. And like I said, guys, I don't care what belief system you have. All I want is that your belief system is serving you and then it's allowing you to um, live with less fear and uh, be happier. So if you're atheist or agnostic, it's going to be a bit harder to get a, a death positive uh, viewpoint coming. The first thing I would say is like investigate your beliefs, okay? In my opinion, you can still believe in evolution and believe in God and believe in state with state and uh, science and all those things that I believe in. And you can still be logic and rational, which I consider myself, I, I am to be. And, and if you read uh, stuff like Ramana Maharshi and Nizargadatta Maharaj, they are not talking about blind belief. They're talking, you know, they, they use logic to, um, you know, to uncover a lot of this stuff. Okay. It is, to me, it is logical. Um, and that can be a bridge to God and in, in, in bridge to that state of the state. And it can be a bridge to that um, a positive view of the afterlife. But let's say that you are dead set against that and you're not even interested in investigating that. And every time I bring stuff like that up, you're like, shut the fuck up, Will. I don't want to hear about that. Just stop, you know, teach me how to get girls and, and you know, live with less fear and all that. Cool. No problem. Like I said, it's your reality. You have control over it. Um, so here would be the thing if you're dead set against that is just look at it as the end of suffering. Okay. Look at it as like, you don't have to fucking do mundane shit anymore. You don't have to brush your teeth and be like, okay, I'm done with that. When, when I worked in sales, me and my sales buddies used to joke around, like, at least when we're dead, we don't have to cold call. And we would say that like every, probably every week, right? Unless it's, unless you're going to hell. Okay. For, Cause for me, hell would be like a constant, just nonstop cold calling all day to like really rude secretaries who, who would tell us that the boss just wasn't interested in it, even though she didn't know that, that that's hell to me. Okay. But like, that would be like a joke that we made and you can frame it of like, okay, it's coming. It's, it's inevitable. When you think about it, you're like, you know what? It's going to be the end of suffering. It's going to be peace. It's going to be, you know, those things that I'm, I'm dealing with and I'm fighting against are, are not going to bother me there. And, uh, I can accept it. I can accept it. And maybe I'll come back. Maybe I'll be incarnated again. All right. Because to me, that's, if you've been incarnated once, which is pretty amazing thing, you know, it's very, who says you couldn't be incarnated again. That's what, at least what I would say to someone who's atheist or agnostic, all right? If, if you're coming from my perspective, it is trying not to be incarnated again and trying to stay in that state of state, but different viewpoints there. But either way, I think if you're dead set on atheism or agnosticism, using the end of the death as end of the end of suffering is um, a very important uh, reframe, okay? Also, those are the three reframes, but there's one last thing I want to put in there where like your end days can be part of that fear of death, like sitting on the hospital bed with like a thin blanket wrapped around your knees. And if you're like most of my readers, 18 to 40, and chances are you're going to die, you know, I think the average will be 80s, maybe 90s by the time we get there because of technology. Okay, they're going to have way better technology for... Um, for dealing with people who are in, uh, who are close to death, okay? First of all, there's a good chance that like our faculties will be, will be much better and perhaps all, stuff like Alzheimer's won't be uh, around and you'll have your mind until you pass, um, you know, as opposed to like the way that I saw my grandmother go, which was, you know, her mind was gone and she was in a vegetative state for a long time. And, you know, hopefully people will come around and, and won't accept that, I mean, 
we'll have the technology to make sure that people don't have to spend their final years like that, okay? Like, a humane way to go for me is, you're on a drug, not MDMA, but whatever they have in the future, and it puts you in a peaceful state where you're lucid and you can talk to your relatives and calms your fears, and at some point when the body gets to a certain point, you can just say, you know, I'm done, flip the switch, or like, you know, take the pill, whatever it is, or turn the machine off that you're hooked up to and go out peacefully with your own choice, okay? That's that's how I plan on doing it. And, and I'm pretty confident that within the next 40 years, people will have come around to like a humane um, way of letting people exercise control over their own death. And, um, you know, they'll have proper drugs that are gonna make people, you know, easily um, be able to slide into that next world, all right? Now, I know that sounds a bit morbid, okay? But it is an important thing to think about, all right? It is an important thing to sit down and think about like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm not gonna be here forever. Let me, let me go start that fucking business, man. Let me start that business. And if the, you know, and as those thoughts keep coming up, just getting yourself accustomed to it with those positive reframes. Because the more you do those positive reframes, the more comfortable you are with the idea. And you get to the realization that like, man, just the idea of having to die doesn't have to make me sad. Okay. I don't have to go off on a tangent like, oh man, I'm going to miss all my family and I'm going to miss my friends and my girlfriend and all that. You don't have to do that. You don't have to choose that mental suffering. Okay. You can choose the reframes that I'm talking about and stick to the positive and not let that fear uh, have to hurt you. Okay. It takes work, but it's hundred percent possible. All right. Just like all the reframing that we talk about. So that is it. That is it. All right. Seven parts to this bad boy, how to fight fear. Part number one, strategies that you need in the meta frame of the pursuit of happiness is your primary priority, the most logical way to live. Within that pursuit of happiness, um, you have to be able to set up a low fear lifestyle, okay? By pursuing that happiness and by living 50% for today and 50% within the next 10 years. And then, Parts two until now, part seven, are the specific tactics to fight fear, like we just covered, fear of death, uh, controlling your physical state, controlling your finances, controlling your mental state, um, you know, all the tactics that you need and that I think are important. If you haven't checked out the full series and the full playlist, I highly suggest you check it out now. It's super uh, important stuff and I think it's going to bring a lot of value to your life. And if you've made it through to the end, I want to thank you for watching all the videos, for listening to the audios, for checking me out on revolutionarylifestyledesign.com. I wish you all the best in your personal development journey.